Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. This week's episode is brought to you by Grasshopper.com. Save $50 on your order at www.TryGrasshopper.com forward slash Paratruth. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views. And it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? gentlemen and welcome to a brand new episode of paratruth radio my name is eric and if you're new to the show then be sure to check us out at paratruthradio.com where you can learn more about us and what we do also follow us on facebook twitter instagram so that you can keep up to date with all of the good things happening here on the show throughout the week and also join us for daily conversations about the paranormal Folks, today is a very special episode that I am really excited to conduct. Uh, as you can tell, I am on my own, and there's a reason for that. It has to do with today's interview. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this interview. Now, Paratruth presents Legendary Fiction with Justin Cancellari. Folks, our guest is an avid paranormal researcher as well as a storyteller. You know him best as the co-founder and co-host of, of course, Paratruth Radio, and today he is joining us from the other side. Of his microphone, that is, to discuss his book, The Legendary Creature Project, The Griffin. So, ladies and gentlemen, Justin Cancellari. <laughs> All right. So, man, this is... This is a little different from what we're used to, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> to say the least. Now, folks, Justin and I, we I mean, he's done an interview uh, with me, or he's, he's interviewed me in the past. And, you know, some people, I think, question, why do we interview each other? We're, we're co-hosts. But you know what? Why not? Yeah. Why not? It's fun. Um, and we get to that, – that's a good thing about having a radio show. Free exposure. So, yeah. <laughs> Good stuff about that. Um, now, one thing I wanted to just mention to our listeners before we jump into this interview, uh, just so you guys know, Justin and I have not discussed this episode at all uh, prior to recording. So he doesn't know what questions I'm going to ask him. Everything's going to be on the fly. Uh, so whatever he hears is going to be new to him, just as it is new to you guys hearing it for the first time. So I don't want you to think, hey, we had time to to sit back and discuss how we're going to answer these. So just just wanted to throw that out there. Me and Justin like to make sure we put each other on edge when doing our interviews. So, well, most all we, of our guests, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, all of our guests. So why would we treat ourselves any differently? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, <clears throat> what do you say we do to this puppy? Sounds good. All right. So, this is Justin. The first book of what will become a trilogy. Yes. 
what inspired you to take on the legendary series and why did you decide to start with the Griffin? Well, uh, what inspired me, I actually, this book goes back to when I was in high school. I was actually writing a book similar to this in high school um, where it was the same premise, scientific genetic manipulation of human genome with animal DNA. Mm-hmm. And I was actually inspired by this by watching, if people remember this movie, The Island of Dr. Moreau. And it was one of my favorite movies, the original plus the remake. And I kept thinking to myself, it would be so cool to be a human animal. <laughs> so <laughs> I had first advi- uh, devised this, this story back then. It, it has evolved exponentially since then because it was actually a, a human who was transformed into a bat and then it evolved into a griffin. Now, if you guys have been listening to Paratruth Radio from the beginning, you guys know that I'm a an avid mythological legendary creature buff. I love um, Greek mythology, Egyptian mythology, and a lot of those have the animal or the mythological creature aspects to them. So that's what kind of inspired me to start doing the trilogy because... Um, I'm, I've already got the interest. I've already learned a lot about a lot of the different creatures that you come across in mythology and legend and, and legend. And the, the premise for the book I had come up with because, I mean, how cool would it be to expose today's world to modern legendary creatures? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, now, I, I know this is, as we mentioned, a trilogy or the first book of a trilogy that you're currently writing. Uh, but why did you decide to go ahead and start with the Griffin? Just because it's one of my favorites. Just one of your favorites. Yeah. Not right, fair enough. I mean, not my a fair not answer. my top favorite. You, everybody knows my top favorite. It's the dragon. But the Griffin. Um, I mean, it's it's appeared in numerous movies and books. Harry Potter, one of my favorite books. Uh, series and the griffin to me has always been one of those creatures that is very uh how do i put it majestic majestic yeah there you go um and that's that's kind of why i started with the griffin because i think it would be hard to do as a geneticist to genetically modify the top half and the bottom half of a body for two different animals. Mm-hmm. So it, it was a, a challenge for the main protagonist. Now, you've done extensive research on the Griffin, both personally and for the show in the past, but what extra research did you conduct, both for Achilles, which is the character's name that is the Griffin, uh, as well as your other characters? Well, I mean, Achilles, if you know the name, you know the legendary hero, Achilles, who eventually was killed. But the the story behind Achilles is something a little bit different because the main protagonist names him after his favorite Greek hero. And, uh, you know, the research that went into it mostly was 
from the stuff that I had researched in the past. Uh, some of the stuff I had to kind of make up because, to my knowledge, we don't have any human genetic manipulation into animal, though people would argue with me. Um, and doing the research as far as the actual characters, all these characters are basically a part of my own personality. You have the doctor who is the creator. You have Hillary who is the compassionate heroine. Uh, you have Achilles who is the beast. And there are a couple other minor characters here and there, but for the most part, they all reflect a part of my personality. So really to research, I kind of had to dig deep into myself in order to come up with some of these characters. Now, interestingly, as we've just talked about a little bit here, but you decided to use some elements in your book, which we've discussed here on the show. Most notably, as you had mentioned, is the conspiracy for genome manipulation or, in other words, gene splicing. Uh, how did you go about writing the controversial subject into your book? And is any of your gene splicing theory in the book creatively adapted or is it all based on your own research? Um, I believe it's all creatively adapted. Uh, there's a lot of people that say that we've actually already done this in Sweden, that there are these embryos that they call chimera embryos that are human-animal genetic uh, hybrids. And I had done the research on that before, uh, just randomly, not even for the show or for anything specific. So that part as far as animal human manipulation or human genetic hybridism, I kind of had from the Island of Dr. Moreau, the stories of these embryos in Sweden and the, how the genetic manipulation was brought about was kind of my own thought on what would happen. Um, as far as trying to create these creatures, because let's face it, these creatures never existed and in order to genetic, genetically manipulate a human into these different creatures, you would have to be very creative in how you would do this. Mm-hmm. So now, I mean, you said that the creatures have never existed in the past, but you and I both know that there are people out there who believe otherwise. Yeah. Uh, one in particular is a dragon. Even you believe that maybe, possibly, dragons had lived at one point, considering the evidence we have for dinosaurs, uh, both tissue and bone structure right. and whatnot. Uh, so, I, I mean, in this case, since it is a paranormal radio show and it is Parachute Radio, <laughs> obviously that's a bold thing to say for some of our cryptid, uh, cryptid lovers out there. Um, I mean, do you have any thought or any idea whatsoever that maybe this griffin could have existed at one point? Or where do you think the myth itself originated from? Um, well, it's, I mean, it's possible. I mean, it's possible that all of these creatures existed. But just like the elusive Bigfoot today, we have not found any evidence whatsoever to state that a half-lion, half, lion, half bird or eagle has ever existed in antiquity. And I think just like the dragon, as much as I would love the dragon to be real, it is based on things that people in the past have come across Mm -hmm. that, for example, they came across fossils 
and made up this huge tale of this creature that they battled, and that was it. Now, does that mean that griffins or dragons don't truly exist or didn't exist? No, but where the heck are they? <laughs> where mm-hmm. where are they interdimensional creatures like we've talked about with uh, Linda Godfrey? Or mm-hmm. are they just so elusive that we've never found them, which you and I have talked about in the past with especially the Bigfoot where it's a land creature. And yes, there's a lot of forested areas that we can't traverse. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, some of them say they live in the mountains. Some of them, they say live in the caves. That's okay. That's fine. And as far as Nessie, Loch Ness, you know, we've said too, that I, I believe Loch Ness connects to the ocean through caves. So in that sense, the ocean is so vast that we haven't found Nessie mm-hmm. or any other creatures. And I think we've talked about a little bit Megalodon. They've never found a full skeleton of Megalodon, only teeth. Right, right. Well, no, I mean, I find it's interesting because, I mean, the Bible being one of the oldest texts ever to exist on Earth, mm-hmm. um, you know, we hear about the behemoth. We hear about the Leviathan, uh, and of course we hear about the dragon as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the behemoth, I, I think many researchers, um, both in biblical researchers and historical research, researchers, believe the behemoth to be a representation of a dinosaur. I know we've seen this in creative studies. Uh, we've seen it in a number of other studies as well to to kind of pinpoint where dinosaurs died and humans began, in a mm-hmm. sense, and whether or not they lived together. Uh, the Leviathan is very obviously some type of water dragon, as we see in the book of Job, and of course the dragon of Revelation, well, very little need to be said there. Um, but I think it's interesting because Job, being perhaps one of the oldest books in the Bible, talks about this dragon as mm-hmm. if it's real. It's very God is very clear. He's God is the one who's speaking here. Uh, and I think that's interesting because, I mean, I think it gets some type, type of... Uh, you know, gives the story solidity, you know, and that this idea that maybe dragons did exist. And if they existed in the water, even, like, who knows, maybe they weren't on land, but maybe they existed in the water, um, which, which is very interesting because, like you said, the ocean is so vast that even Megalodon cannot be found. So, yeah. oh, very interesting stuff. Uh, it, it's really cool that you touch on the griffin here, you know, something that may or may not have existed. But, uh, you know, this is a fictional work. This is a fictional book that you did. Mm-hmm. And you go into great detail as to what this griffin looked like and your own take on the griffin, uh, which is really cool. Uh, so whether it existed or not, the fact is it exists here in your reality. Yeah. And I think people are really going to find that enjoyable. Um now, let's make a little bit of a shift here, and let's talk about your characters. Uh, your main characters are Achilles, Hillary, Samson, and Yorick. Uh, the question here is, how did you go about developing the relationships between each of these characters as the story progressed? Well, as far as Hillary is concerned, I felt that uh, Yorick, being a scientist, had to have a full lab underneath him along with interns, which is what Hillary is. So Hillary, having the relationship with York that she did, uh, was just a a common thing that happens in most science labs. Uh, The relationship between Samson 
and Hillary was something that I had to think about because she had to find a way to hatch her plan. So she had to find somebody who would have had some type of government, military type of background. So I came up with Samson, who is an ex-military black ops agent. Um, And Achilles, I mean, I had to have the, the main character as part of the title. So, I mean, the Griffin... I think he evolves over time just because you start to learn a lot about him and his behaviors. And uh, eventually it it all plays out to where he's not who he seems to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, one thing that is interesting here, actually I was talking to somebody at, uh, at work a couple of days ago about your story, about your book, as mentioned in some of the characters, and brought up a very valid question. You have some interesting names here for your characters. Achilles, you've already talked about, uh, but Hillary, Samson, and Yorick. Now, Samson, I mean, uh, my, 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 I'm going to make a guess here, uh, and I don't know where you got it from, but, but Samson, as far as I know of the name Samson, comes straight from biblical texts. Uh, and and that's Yorick, where I got him. And that's where you got it, okay? I'm going to take another guess here, and maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, but Yorick sounds like something almost medieval. Old English. Uh, um, Old English. Yeah. Are we talking about William Shakespeare here? Are we talking about Hamlet, by chance? Or Yeah. I mean, that isn't where I specifically picked the name from, but okay. I was looking for a name from antiquity, and his last name, Hemshine, I just kind of came up with myself. I'm not honestly sure <laughs> I came up with him shine to be honest with you maybe shine because he's supposed to be bald so him shine <laughs> I think that's the, my thought my thought process that was going on there at the time so I was like he's bald hemp shine I don't know where hemp came from other than I mean weed but I don't smoke weed so I don't know so oh my god Guys, all you listening, you, you have to understand that when people, both as writers, whether you're an author or a screenwriter or whatever, coming up with names is probably one of the most fun things to do because it may seem like a real legit name when you're reading it, but when you learn where that name really came from, it's just hilarious sometimes. I've come up with some really wacky names that people are like, what is, sounds like a normal name, but when I put it together, it's like, nope. Uh, heck, there's a name that I've that I've used in a script. Um it's last name that I actually got. It's a pronunciation. It's not spelled the same, but it's a pronunciation. It's called Casinko. Mm-hmm. I got it from a billboard that I saw in Los Angeles <laughs> about seven years ago, six years ago, and I've used it. And it's, you know, things like that work. You got to keep your eyes open as a, as a writer. You have to keep your eyes open and your ears open. Like many times, this might seem wrong, but many times I listen to, not eavesdrop, but listen to other people's conversations at a restaurant or at a store or whatever. And I hear what they're talking about uh, and I build characters off of their conversations. And that's something that you need to do. And so some of these things are just kind of kind of wacky when you realize what the names come from or what they mean. But well, as a storyteller, I mean, they one of the most basic exercises that they tell you to do is go to a mall, mm-hmm. watch people 
and come up with a story based on their actions towards each other or towards their environment. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. That it's the best interesting. way to build. Yeah. Yeah. The best way to build your, your storytelling ability. Um, Hillary. I don't know where to go with Hillary. So Hillary what was your thought there? Was just I mean, she's a little bit younger. Uh she's not a teenager, but she's not completely an adult yet. She's around that twenty one, twenty two, twenty three age. So mm-hmm. Hillary was a kind of like a teenage name that I just kind of yanked out of the ether. it wasn't anybody specific that I based that name on. It was just something I picked. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now <clears throat> This book is about 217 pages. Relatively short book. Yeah. Uh, which isn't a bad thing. It allows people to really read and get into it uh, and not feel like it's dragging on too long. I've read some of those books that are just Harry uh, Potter. You know, <laughs> I, folks, I've never read a single Harry Potter book. Please don't. <laughs> Don't bring your pitchforks and fire. <laughs> but yes, I haven't read a single one of those books. Um, but 217 pages, it took you a while yeah. to write this book. Um, but, but I mean, like now that it's done, I mean, we're here. It's, it is currently July 17th, 2017. The book was just published approximately a week and a half ago or so. Mm-hmm. I mean, how's it feel, man? How's it feel to be done? Well, <laughs> I just talked to my wife Shelly about this. Um, I finally gotten a copy for myself. I've been getting copies to autograph for people and send out. And I ordered one for myself. And I'm, I got it. And I was just kind of flipping through it. And without even thinking about it, I said, "This is so cool." And, now, <laughs> and I'm like. Wait a minute, what? What? Why did I say that without even thinking about it? But yeah, I was flipping through it and I I guess I probably thought, I'm sure I probably thought it, but it came out of my mouth, like verbally out of my mouth. And mm-hmm. I'm like I mean, yeah, this is awesome. I mean it's very few people that I know of in our family that for example, you Aaron has been in a couple of movies as a short uh, character or whatever or been in plays and all that. So mm-hmm. very few of our family have published a book, acted, been a screenwriter, at least as far as I know. Maybe a right. couple ancestors back did. But. Well, I mean, we were talking about, I mean, talk about our family. And yeah, I would love to learn about our ancestors because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> you know, um, I know my my, my my mother in particular says it often about me and Aaron, like when, when she's telling people about what we're doing and, and you know, about our acting or filmmaking and this and that, mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, I don't know where the creative genes come from because no one in our family does it. You know, they just, these are the two oddballs that are out there doing films well, and plays and stuff. Our cousin um, Marcus kind of started it. Um, I mean, I, I know he really wishes that his scripts were out there and I think he has the talent for it. And I think that's, again, where does he get it from? Just, like, where do we get it from? Um, and quite honestly, my storytelling goes back to our grandfather telling us about just his past 
and how he would be so colorful with the stuff that he would tell us, like when he was a taxi driver and a woman mm-hmm. flashed him, and it, it was just like it was like you could you could see it, you could be right there the way yeah. that he told it. Uh, you know, there's so many stories about our grandfather, folks, that we would love to share with you. Maybe one day, <laughs> yeah. you know, on a future episode. Uh, but, you know, me and Ellie, actually, Ellie was just talking about it, too. My sister, folks, uh, was just talking about the same thing. Um, she was talking about Grandpa and how many times he got into a car accident hitting something. Yeah. But he never he never said he hit anything. It was always the object that hit him. <laughs> the fence hit me. Or the curb hit me. When he, when he hit the, or wall, the wall, that wall came out of nowhere. The wall came out of nowhere. <laughs> exactly. Things like that. That's really funny. And, you know, this is, uh, so we are off topic. But That's all right. We are the, the day, kings of rabbit trails. We're good. Of rabbit trails. Uh, two things happened the other day. Uh, the first one, you might have seen my post on Facebook, Justin. I ate a Kit Kat. <laughs> and it flooded my mind with all kinds of Halloween stories from, from you know, back in the past. It's just like, oh my gosh, Halloween is happening right now <laughs> on July of whatever day it was I was eating this Kit Kat. But then, a couple days later, I had a pack of M&M's and I was transported way back to my gra- our grandparents' house in the basement, watching TV <laughs> eating M&M's. Like, that's you know, I never thought about it before. Like, I've eaten M&M's so many times, I never mm. thought twice about it. But for some reason, I opened this pack of M&M's, and then, boom, transported. It's like, wow, I miss the days of going to Grandma and Grandpa's house, you know? Well, that's like what we talked about with Mary Callie when when we were talking, and I said, you know, music can transport you anywhere, to mm-hmm. a memory, to a place. And it, it it's the same thing for kind of anything, really, a story. Like I, I still remember the day that Grandpa told me the the taxi story because I was doing a report on him for school and he mm-hmm. was telling me the story and I'm like I, I just busted up laughing because I'm like that's amazing did that really happen is the next thing I think so yeah now let's go ahead and jump back into this the interview <laughs> back to the book here um, you know we we just talked about how long it took you to do this book it really was almost. Two years, not talking about the idea here, but just the actual writing yeah. uh, process. You know, I, you pretty much have been writing this book through my entire college career, uh, away from home. Yeah, because my college career has been a long, <laughs> long about, about as long but, as this book has been an idea. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, with that said, I mean, you've struggled at times. You and I have talked about it over the last couple of years about the times you were struggling, and. While you're struggling, while writing this book, uh, there were moments where you thought about giving up and about writing something completely different. Uh, with that said, there are so many aspiring authors from around the world listening to this episode right now. What would you say to encourage them, and do you have any tips on successfully completing their first book? Uh, well, first and foremost, life gets in the way. It just happens. Uh, but what you have to constantly do is force through it. Uh, one thing that my awesome co-host and friend and cousin always told me is write for an hour. One, once you write for an hour every day or every couple of days, eventually you have an entire book. Uh, but I, I truly think you have to push through. And it's going to suck, and you're going to get writer's block, and you're not going to know where to go. You're going to want to give up. Uh, but 
in the long run, I I encourage you to just stick with it because even if one person reads your story, one person has heard your story, and eventually that story will get out to many other people. Even if it got out to just that one person, you've told somebody your story. Mm-hmm. If I may add on to that too, uh, you, you mentioned the hour thing that I've told you about. You know, sitting down for an hour. Uh, you don't have to write for that entire hour. You no. know, if you write down one sentence, that's fine. Just sit there for an hour. No TV on. No music. Just focus on your story. If you don't come up with anything, that's fine. At least you spent an hour thinking about it and preparing your mind for the next day. Uh, because anything's going to help. You know, if you got the TV going, you got music going, this and that. You could try to think about your book or whatever it is you're writing, but in the end, your focus isn't on your book. So success yeah. comes with constantly uh, or being consistent. Success comes with being consistent. That's really what it comes down to. Uh, and eventually, you do end up with a with a finished product. You know. Well, one thing that comes to mind is when you're when you're writing regardless if it's a book if it's script uh it's kind of like exercising a demon you have to fast a little bit whether that's from tv or music or whatever because your mind is going to be constantly going to those outside influences instead of concentrating um (laughs) and and, i mean to be truthful i'm as guilty as of it as anybody else I would sit and watch TV and try to write at the same time. It doesn't work. It just doesn't work because then you're concentrating on the TV show you're you're watching. Then you look down at your screen and you're like, where the hell do I go with this book? Because now I don't even know what the heck I was talking about to start with. Right. Absolutely. I agree completely. Uh, so just focus, guys. Be consistent. It'll be all right. Just push on through. Um, with that said, it's official, Justin. Your first book is complete and it's on the market. You are now an accredited author. Yep. So the only question I think that's really left to ask you is what's next? I am pushing through to get to the next book of the trilogy. I'm doing my research now. Uh, I really would like this trilogy to be, to be, complete before I start anything else because I honestly think that everybody needs to hear where the next couple books go. Um, But I do have some ideas for other books and I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing them with everybody. So stay tuned. If you don't follow me on Facebook, my author page, make sure you do that because I do post on there about all of, all of my creative works, uh, I even have short stories, which I actually will share with everybody um, here shortly because some of them are, I think, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be going up as soon as we get your not, – not only your author page, you've got a website in the works. It's been in the yeah. works for a little while now. <laughs> uh, you and I have been working on that. But, yeah, so that stuff, that stuff's definitely coming up, which is great. Keep working on and getting that stuff done, Justin. Um, you know, it, it is the end of this interview, which means only one thing. The floor is yours to tell people where they can find you, where they can find your book. I bet you never thought in your wildest dreams you'd be hearing that question. <laughs> that question, yeah. <laughs> well, obviously, you can find me on Paratruth Radio. Uh, you can find the book. either. You can go to our website, paratruthradio.com, or if you're just on Amazon, 
Uh, you can find my author page, Justin Cancellari, C-A-N-C-I-L-L-I-E-R-E. Uh, that's only the only place the book is right now. Um, and if you want a, a uh, autographed copy, I will have a link for you guys on our website to get that as well. Uh, and if you want to email me, you can email me at uh, paratruthradio.com or jcancellary at gmail.com, either one. All right, and all that information will be in the show notes. That's right. Well, I'll be in the show notes uh, so you guys can just scroll down if you're watching YouTube or if you're at Spreaker, just scroll down a little bit. You'll find those show notes. Um, <clears throat> dude, it's I've been waiting two years for this interview. You know it because I've been bugging him almost like, yeah. every week. Once a week, I've bugged him. Like, He's been like my done? publisher. <laughs> when you get that book done, I'm waiting, man. I'm waiting. Get that book done. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, it's an honor, of course, to be able to be the first to really do this interview. Though, unfortunately, I just learned I will not be the the first to air the first interview, broadcast, but yeah. I will be the first the first one here to, to actually do the interview. So at least I have that in my mind. I know that. Um, and you know, I'm I'm looking forward to it, man. I think this is this is it. Now that you've got one done, it's it'll be smooth sailing. Obviously, it's going to be tough times, but it's time to get the next two popped out. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back for those interviews as well. Uh, but beside that, man, to give you a public congratulations. Thank you. So it's definitely it's definitely a uh, sweet victory because I mean it's been a long two years. So no, absolutely, absolutely. Well, sometimes it's those long ones that make it all the much sweeter in the end. So, <clears throat> folks. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break here. Again, talking to our very own Justin Cancellari about his book, uh, The Legendary Creatures Project, The Griffin. So, folks, we're going to take a quick break here. Listen to my audio trailer of The Revealed. If you have not seen it yet, listen to this trailer and then go check it out. We'll be right back with the post show. Hey, this is Eric, and you're about to listen to the audio trailer of my short film, The Revealed which is now streaming worldwide. Check it out at ericscareback.com, parachutesradio.com, and YouTube. The links are provided in the description of this episode. In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that helped shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. Start from the beginning. When did it all begin? Hello. Hello, kids. At Old Grove Church. This has led many scholars to question whether the God that we serve is truly omnipotent, omniscient, spiritual, or simply a New Age extraterrestrial. While others are led to question... Are we truly alone in the universe? So, these dreams... They're different this time around. 
What's up, folks? Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we are here for the Paratruth Post Show. We need some, like, dance music. Oops, 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 oops. You know what? If you guys just heard that, hold on a second. That's our new dance music. <laughs> the potion. You know, I let's actually do this because there's no, there's not really much to talk about your book right now. This is just the interview. I mean, yeah. we're not going to give each other's opinions on your book. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> well, I think it's fantastic. I think you think it's fantastic. So, <laughs> oh, good. That's the fastest post show ever. <laughs> Folks, let's discuss what exactly our post show is because. We've had questions in the past, actually, about why we're so opinionated. And so we decided that we're going to do our best to hold our opinions until the post show. Um, that way we get all the facts out at the beginning of the show and then are free to say what we wish about it in the post show. Unless, of course, there's something that is just really like, hold up, something needs to be mentioned here uh, during the fact section. Well, and that uh, has nothing but- to do with anything against the guest it's just we we ask our questions and we get the opinion that way as far as what the guest is talking about is is concerned um and then we just kind of go a little bit further yeah Uh, and i'm not even talking about the guest uh, in this sense i'm I'm thinking about the shows that we do on our own where it's just right you know for example we a few weeks ago we had the uh just a few weeks ago, we did an episode called Goat Gazers and the Chemtrail and or the Chemtrail Conspiracy. And the Chemtrail Conspiracy wasn't actually supposed to be part of the show originally. It was just something that was brought up. Uh, the Goat Gazers, I think, was like half an episode. And we're like, you know, what, yeah. what do you want to talk about? And Justin had mentioned the Chemtrail Conspiracy during the Goat Gazer uh, discussion. And I was like, you know what? Let's save that until the end and just, you know, we'll talk about it. And it turned into a conversation. Uh, which was way more opinionated than it was giving the straight up different facts of the conspiracy itself. In fact, I gave plenty of facts, and I still stand by that because you can just go back and listen to it, uh, about why the chemtrail conspiracy shouldn't be a conspiracy. It's just it's, it's not it, I don't I don't believe in the chemtrail. Uh, and I gave the reasons for that. And I think they're strong reasons. But we had people who are a little upset. Uh, or confused as to why we would be so opinionated about it and they don't like how we're opinionated. So with that said, we decided to create this post show. Uh, and the post show is really a place for us to be a little more opinionated. So for those of you who want to listen to only the facts and not care about the other facts that contradict the original topic, uh, that's where things kind of start to, you know, shake things up. So, yeah, that's our post show. And we, we've been going through different names and ideas of what to call the post show. But in the end, it's, it's our post, post show. show. <laughs> it's the post show. So that's that's why we do the post show. Uh, it, and when it comes to guests, yeah, it's just, you know, me and Justin, we have a lot of ideas going on in our heads when we're talking to guests. Uh, and some of those ideas aren't aren't really things that are like further the show or further the interview because we're interviewing our guests, you know, for we had them on for a reason. We, we respect their opinions. We respect the research. And, you know, if, if we didn't. They wouldn't be on our show. Me right. and Justin are very clear that it just wouldn't happen. Um, so, yeah, you know, we, we, we form these ideas as we're talking to our guests. 
And then me and Justin just simply like to discuss those ideas with you guys listening uh, and more so in hopes of getting you guys to to uh, to have a conversation with us, you know, to email us or message us on Facebook or whatever, uh, which you guys have done, which is great. Thank you for that. We love hearing uh, from you guys and talking to you guys. Uh, but yeah, so we hope you guys like the post show. Um, if you don't, guess what? It's too darn bad because we're going to keep doing the post show. <laughs> I, but, do, uh, I do want to say that uh, I, I want everybody to give us their opinions, good or bad, because, I mean, honestly, that's how we grow as hosts. But uh, it's definitely something to discuss later on as we get people's opinions or, or uh, their, their comments because we can always come back and talk and discuss about it a little bit more. So I, I do encourage you guys to keep getting in contact with us and Absolutely. letting us know what you guys think. Um, I, I mean, we can talk as much as we can in, in the fact portion, but yeah, if we, if we voice our opinion during the fact portion, then the whole show is just our opinion. Yeah. Uh, and really, you know, you guys might not think, Sorry, we're really, we're having a conversation with you guys, and we can't hear you. You know, you can't respond right away. So comment, kind of stinks. <laughs> so comment uh, on all this stuff. But uh, if you know our show and you've been tuning in from the beginning, you'll notice that our show has gone through a number of changes in regards to the music, in regards to uh, formatting, in regards to the logo, all that stuff. You know, a lot of that, though, some of it was just changes we wanted to make, a lot of that actually came from you guys as well, from your opinions, your thoughts, your comments. Uh, part of the reason why there's no longer the random fact of the day nor the paranormal headlines is because you guys weren't really that thrilled about it. Like, you enjoyed it. It was fine. But you wanted to hear more about the, from the guest. You wanted less of the break in between. And so we made that fix. Uh, and so, you know, we don't want you to think, oh, we're not listening to you guys. Because I think the proof is literally in the show, the changes yeah. that have been made. Uh, and, of course, there are some things that are just not going to change because, well, it's our personality. <laughs> we're, you know? we're, we're people. We're people, we're people. damn it. You can't make me change. <laughs> but, uh, you know, definitely, ch- uh, definitely tune in every week, guys, and please email us. Contact us in some way or another. You can go to our webpage if you wanted. There's a contact uh, thing on one of those yeah. buttons. Sure says contact. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the easiest. Instead of trying to remember the email or anything, just go to the website. Without you guys, we wouldn't have a show. I mean, truthfully, yeah, we started out doing it because we like it, and we still like it. We love doing it. But without listeners, I mean, we would be just basically talking to each other and what's the point of paying for these these Spreaker accounts and all that to just do it ourselves. So next week we're going to be talking about reincarnation and I have a feeling that Eric and I's opinions are going to drastically clash with this particular topic. <laughs> but um, it was a request from a friend. It was, yeah, uh, not, um, it was a friend. Definitely tune in for that. I did want to mention that I'm going to be a guest on several other shows after this one. I'm going to be on the Tiger Girl for God radio show. I will be on Jim Harold's 
Cryptid Report show. And I'm also going to be on the Iron Show on Fringe Radio Network. So definitely stay tuned. If you're not following my author page on Facebook, (laughs) make sure you're doing that, as well as follow me on Twitter. And um, a lot of great stuff coming up, guys. So definitely stay tuned in. And if you want to hear more from me, uh, well, for now, just tune in next week when I'll be right here. Same place. <laughs> All alone. By um, and make sure you check out FringeRadioNetwork.com and RadioPodcast.com. And check out our friends at ParanormalForum.net. They have been supporting the show as well as my book for quite a while now. So I appreciate Thank them you, over there. And anybody who's bought the book over there, I appreciate it. Um, If you haven't bought the book, go buy the book. So until next week, folks, where you'll find us, same time, same channel. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace. If you enjoyed this episode of Paratruth Radio and you would like to listen to it again or are interested in listening to any of our past episodes, then you can find them at Stitcher, Blueberry, TuneIn, iTunes, Spreaker, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and the Fringe Radio Network. Or for a one-time fix of all of your Paratruth needs, simply drop in to paratruthradio.com. And of course, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram for brand new updates on our show every day. Finally, we love bringing you fresh, entertaining media each and every week, but we can't do it without you. So please check out our Patreon account. Simply go to paratruthradio.com, click on the Patreon logo, and help us to continue bringing you the latest and greatest in paranormal research. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.